say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm these kind of And welcome once again to Houndstooth Heroes. This is the Hate So Hard edition. If you're new to the program or if you're not and just need a refresher course, you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com or on Facebook or on Twitter at HToothHeroes. That is correct. And as you noted, it is Hate Week, a.k.a. hashtag Tennessee Hate Week. And i got to say, nothing quite burns me up, but in a good way. Like the sauce from Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. Uh, you can find him at wildbillsauce.com and everywhere Bama Wise products are sold. We would not be here without Bill Howard and the good folks there at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. That's right, Ellison. Thanks as always to Druid City Brew Company, Tuscaloosa, for the tastiest of suds you can possibly imagine. As I mentioned last week, they've got two exciting new beers the Parkview Pilsner. Which if you're gonna if you're gonna drink all day you can't you've got to start in the morning and the Pilsner is the perfect way to go but you don't want to drink the El Tractor Citra all day because you will be a hot mess it is somewhere between the Pale Ale and the Lamplighter IPA and on the how long till I can't walk anymore scale mm -hmm. it's pretty high so proceed with caution or don't we really don't care but reminder when you find yourself in Tuscaloosa always park at Druid City Brewing. And we'll walk the short, the short walk to the stadium. Uh, it's free. It's the best deal in town. Just tell the Boy Scouts you're parking the brewery, and it's a free deal, and you're right there by the stadium. Uh, speaking of cold libations, my friend, what are you enjoying to drink this evening? Well, tonight it's sort of a, uh, a two-for-one. I am, of course, continuing my personal tradition of drinking the beer of the team that will most definitely lose. So here I am with a No Easy Day IPA from Sawworks Brewing in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, frankly, the beer is trash, but all proceeds from No Easy Day IPA go to the Project Healing Waters Fly Fishing uh, uh, Foundation there, which supports Wounded Warriors. So all for the troops, all uh -huh. for... Anything bad that could happen to Tennessee. What are you drinking tonight? Well, okay, as I was going to continue my tradition of drinking the Tears of the Fallen, sure. uh, but I could not find an Arkansas beer. Therefore, I decided Mississippi was kind of the same thing. So I am with a Southern Prohibition Jack the Sipper, which is an English uh, ale, and frankly, it sort of sucks. So I'm going to start it. It's really, really malty, like an English ale tends to be. Um, so I'm doing one of those. And then I'm getting back to good Alabama beer where I'll be drinking a Fairhope Take the Causeway IPA like decent people. I respect it. Exactly. Um, anyway, moving, on, moving along, let's go ahead and take a look at last weekend's win over Arkansas where your tide prevailed 49-30. to 30. we got any big storylines coming out of the game. We have we a couple, and I'm going to start with uh, one of my favorites, your boy, my boy, Mika Fitzpatrick, who I think we all know better as the Falconer. The Falconer. Did we used to make like a bird noise? Like a, ah! <laughs> I don't know. I think there may have been a bird noise in the past. I'm glad ah! there's not anymore, or at least wasn't. Uh, as we discussed, Mika Fitzpatrick early in the week last week tweeted that the Tide was not going to merely survive this three-game hell stretch, but were in fact going to dominate 
and dominate our boy Minka did. Uh, he had three interceptions against Arkansas, including one 105-yard pick six. And I just want to stop for a minute because can we just reflect on the moment that was where an <coughs> Alabama player intercepts a pass a good five yards into the end zone with all of his weight and momentum carrying him back toward the sideline. And our boy, who we never doubted, Eddie Jackson, right. has immediately the thought of, oh, man, we can score. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Eddie. Classic so Eddie. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So uh, great game from Minka. He was so dominant that our friend Pete Burns over at the SEC Network, he doesn't know he's our friend, but he is, uh, right. gave us the stat of the week. Of the week. Thank you. Uh, which was that Minka's three catches for 114 yards plus a touchdown would put him as the 26th leading receiver in all of college football. And that would be less notable uh, if Minka, in fact, played receiver. But, in fact, he does not. He is a falconer, and he is a safety Exactly. Indeed, he does not. He does not play receiver. But you know who do, who does play receiver? Tell me. Star Darius Stewart. Hey. We talked last week about his being uh, about Ernie to Jalen Hurts, Burt, the yen to his yang, the peanut butter to his jelly, and I think it showed that Star Darius really does make the hurt tick. Leading all receivers with five catches and 120 yards. One of the few receivers to outgain Minka on the night. Uh, some some nicknames that our boy Stardarius also were given by us during the game were Old Mr. Hands Team, uh, aka 2016 Kevin Norwood, aka the Axe Murderer himself, mm-hmm. aka Freshwaters Bay. <laughs> Which was, yeah, that was my favorite. And then I got to say, this was all in one tweet. That, uh, our Darius Stewart, which is also at Never Sleep on 13, uh, liked. So, some recognition for, for some of these nicknames. I think there's potential. We're coming on strong with the pod. Yeah, he's at least it, aware of Stardarius, if, if not my, old Mr. Hanstein. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, another bright spot, I thought, from the game was the uh, Hallowed return of Damian Harris. Just... A wonderful night, except for the fumble. Right, that's yeah. Right. That that part was not at all a bright spot. In fact, I would I would say it was dim. But with the fumble, even with that, Damian Harris uh, finished with 122 yards on the night on just 13 carries, over nine yards per touch, which is about what we've seen from him consistently all season. Really impressive. And now we're sort of struck with this embarrassment of riches. We have. A three-headed cyclops, if you will, uh, at running back. Is it a cyclops? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a cyclops. Let's roll with it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Josh Jacobs, who was a little banged up on the night, only touched the ball three times but had 57 yards. He was literally going through holes that a Mack truck would have no problem breezing straight through. Mm. And even... Our guy, Bo Scarborough, who we've certainly never doubted on this podcast. No, no, it's Bo time. Uh-uh. Uh, made himself known for once with seven carries for 56 yards on the night. Uh, so a lot to really, I think, uh, build on and feel good about from the tied running game. And meanwhile, that one Arkansas back that we were so afraid of, one Raleigh Williams, which is a great name, despite right. its misspelling. With, um, a, with a random W in it for no Yeah, there's reason. a W. There's no, there should be no yeah. W. Anyway, he finished the night with all of 46 yards. 
So obviously the tide continues to lead the country in rush defense uh, by keeping people like him in check. Exactly. And what do we not lead the country in? Pass defense. Bruh. Lord and mercy. We a mess back there, we son. This is yeah. This is not to discredit Austin Allen, who hit his spots with some great throws. But the kid had 400 yards on the night through the air and four receivers, averaging more than 20 yards per catch. Austin Allen is good, right. but Trevor Knight, Trevor Knight and Josh Dobbs, he is not. Um, Marlon Humphrey, can we talk about him for a second? <sighs> remember when we right? Remember when we thought he was good? Like so like, good. Right, right. He was he was good. I mean. But no, he's he's apparently not good. He was out of position all night, which is not a unique thing. The entire secondary was out of position all night. Uh, and not only were they out of position, they were hesitant. Like, they didn't quite know where to go or what to do. Um, but the good news is they have actually acknowledged that they were embarrassed by their performance. Uh, and judging by his comments, so was Saban. So I'm pretty sure it will be quite the week of practice for them. And... In addition, and really, Josh Dobbs can hit the short throws, but given his accuracy problems on the deep ball, the timing of this debacle probably could not have come at a better time. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, and I it's interesting, you know, obviously our listener, Fred. Hey, Fred. Hey, hey, listener Fred. Uh, tunes in because we pick <clears throat> up on all the things and all that uh, video we break down after the game, all that film. Right, right, right. Uh, but but Marlon has been picked on consistently by a few teams now, a few passing teams. So there is something there. And then the at least as big issue that I have actually noticed is Ronnie Harrison, who has just become a liability back there. Uh, our friend, the professor, Ben Litvin, pointed out that even in the one play that brought Ronnie Harrison onto the scene, which was in the <laughs> national championship game when he caught up to a Clemson receiver and yanked the ball out in the end zone. Uh, he was kind of beat on that play. I mean, he's a great athlete, but but definitely is starting to feel like a liability in uh, pass defense. I will say, as you pointed out, the team seemed to be down on it, and because we are nothing if not tweeters, uh, right. it was cool to see Eddie Jackson sort of take some accountability and say that his unit has to do much better even after a 19-point whipping of a top-20 opponent. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Uh, the final storyline, I think, of the game has to be Mr. Jalen Hurts, who came right? up huge all night, uh, so much so that Holly Rowe said she'd never seen anything like him on the sidelines as a freshman, which really is high praise. All praise to Holly Rowe, by the way. Yeah, uh, exactly. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a moment to acknowledge Holly Rowe, breast cancer survivor out there uh, doing her job. Props to Holly. She is the best, man. Yeah. Uh, Hertz just looks completely unafraid out there. It's insane. He ran through a personal foul face mask, scored a touchdown, and brushed himself off like it was nothing. It was a huge road test for him. Uh, actually, was kind of, dare I say, impressed with the hostile environment that Fayette Trill brought. Uh, but despite all that, Hertz finished 13 of 17 for 253 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, he did throw one interception, but it was on a tipped pass, so it's hard to fault him there. Uh, can we get to that interception? Yeah, go ahead. Get really it. grinds my gears on that. Uh, yeah, I know you got things. Oh, man. So Hertz threw it, and the other team started to return it, as uh, as another team will do, as we've seen. And whoever was the Arkansas defender, I wish I had the guy's name now, uh, that had taken 
Hertz down on the play, just held him there by his neck. And right. it was sort of, I mean, it was a hazing move. I understand he was probably in his ear saying some stuff too. But it was really, it went on for far too long. And the fact that the referees had to be watching the quarterback and didn't decide to throw a flag on that is right. totally inexcusable to me. Which brings me to probably, you know, we've talked about storylines about players and teams, but which brings us to one of the bigger storylines of the night, which I'm not the I'm not generally this guy, but let's talk about shitty officiating for a second. Talk about it. Well, okay. Um it was rough and it was on both sides. But I'll talk about the ones that were subject that were subjected to on us, frankly because I'm a homer. But Okay, number one, all right, the 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 Rashawn Evans roughing the tackle pass Bruh. situation. Yeah, I mean, the dude was falling. He fell into the guy and ultimately just, you know, tackled the quarterback below the knees. Well, that's not – I mean, he fell. That's not a roughing the passer. There's no intent. No. There's nothing there. So I don't understand that. There were worlds of holds, but I'm not going to get into holding. Uh, but really, it was a rough night for the Zebras. If you, I mean, it, it, it started out rough. I mean, I – I can't remember what they did to start the, the, the game, but they couldn't even get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it seems like the – I don't remember what they happened. But anyway, something happened and start the game that it was bad, and it continued throughout the entire game. It was just not a, not a good night for them. No, it wasn't. They At one point, they called a penalty on the wrong – like, they, it was I think it was an Alabama hold yeah, on defense, yeah, and they said the it was an offensive team. holding. I thought Burt was about to chew that ass. Right, it's, you know, the hashtag, chew that we ass. Almost, we always made it through. Uh, no, just totally ridiculous. And the fact that the hashtag, which we will probably start promoting and or trolling uh, in the coming weeks, hashtag Bama privilege, has become a thing. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. I love it. Uh, I, 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 it originated with some LSU cat, right? Is that where it came from? Oh, All it right, is. I'm, it's that bro. But it wasn't even, it was an Arkansas play then. It was, yeah. but he is, I mean, somehow, some, you know, they're always morally offended about something, thinking that because uh, the SEC, not, SEC headquarters is in Birmingham, that somehow everyone's in league against LSU. Well, and so he's decided to bring up Bama privilege about anything with the referees, where, when in fact, you've got the stats on this, anything is further from the truth. Do I have the stats on this? Uh, here it is. Actually, I have one stat. But Alabama, out of 128 D1 teams in the country, uh, their opponent's penalty yardage ranks 125th. Right. 125th out of 128. And if you're telling me that some of these schools we've played, SEC teams included, have limited Jonathan Allen to anything under, let's say, 10 sacks a game Mm -hmm. without even a couple holds is just totally out of the question. Right. I mean, granted, look, we did go, what, four or five years there without having a hold called against us. But at yeah, that, those were good point, years. Good years. Yeah, those were fine years. Love those years. But the reality is uh, the tide has turned in, a situ- in that situation, so to speak. Um, we are getting penalized as much as anybody now. Yeah. Uh, our opponents are not. And I'm not complaining about that, but I'm just saying, man of privilege, kiss my ass. Yeah, and I want to say, and I'm totally making this up, but I think we rank about 30th as far as penalties against us, uh, right. which is certainly much higher than we're used to, too. So that is one sort of sneaky part of the game uh, that we definitely need to get fixed and quick. Exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, segue 
into everyone's favorite segment of the week. What did Stingray do this week, Ellis Metz? You know what, Gregory? I'm not doing it. I'm not having it this week. Our boy Stingray. Uh, a, You're bailing on Stingray? Well, A, he hasn't even put up a new video uh, while they've got a big game against BYU coming up right, right. in Provo there. Uh, in just three nights. But, but more importantly, Stingray lost to the Gus Bus 38-14, to 14, and it really wasn't even that close. So I'm declaring it right now. Stingray, dead to us. Wow. Dead. Right. But what? I'm going to use this time to actually transition to a similar yet different note because we did actually lose someone this week who mattered a lot to us, and that is Mike the Tiger 6. Mattered quite a bit more than Stingray, that is the truth. He did. He, uh, he was a good Tiger. I remember, like very clearly, remember my first trip to Baton Rouge and rounding the corner of their stadium where you come on the ti- Tiger enclosure, and it takes your breath away. It was a very, very cool part of college football, and he seemed like a good Tiger bro. He de- he was a very fine Tiger bro. But my question is this. How do you select a new mic? Like, hmm. like is there a pageant, like a mic pageant, a lottery <laughs> Some sort of draft? I, I, I don't know. Because here's the thing. Um, a lineage situation is not going to work. It only leads to mascot death after mascot death. Just, just ask Georgia. Uh, so I don't know any ideas how a new mic might be chosen by the Bayou Bengals. That's a good point. We have seen sort of the, the lineage line go poorly. I like the You'll draft guess. idea. Right. Um, you, could, you could really have like a whole... NFL draft combine type thing where you had separate events for vertical leap and horizontal leap, and they could do those right. little shuttles from side to side. Well, and there's the water feature, so he needs to swim. That's right. I it's, would like love a, that. it's like a tiger triathlon, if you will. I would watch all of that. I totally would. What I would also watch is Ed Orgeron on safari selecting a tiger. Oh, bro. <laughs> That's, that is a moneymaker right there. We need to get on I hear that. You. Uh, right. Another thing I would watch if I may, is a mini elephant on the sideline. How would you feel if we went live mascot? Okay, live mascot I'm totally in favor of. Now, there are a number of issues with bringing a – because, you know, like Ralphie the buffalo on Colorado, in Colorado, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. awesome when they run that buffalo across the field. That's go. hilarious. I keep waiting on that buffalo to break loose and maul thousands of people, but it never does. Um, but nevertheless, I am totally in favor of a live mascot. The problem is this. A big elephant, like a full-size elephant, it just shits, man. It's too much. An ele- yeah, 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 it would be everywhere. There's just no, there's no accounting for the n- amount of feces that a live, full-grown elephant produces. So in that case, it leaves us with the mini elephant, sort of like the mini giraffe, that opulent thing, the Russian. Yes. I want that, like a mini elephant, and I don't really know, how, but but there's not, we are not without precedent on this. Uh, in 1947, the homecoming queen rode in on an elephant. However, it hasn't happened since, so you have mm. to wonder what went askew. You do, and actually I can give a little light to that. My wife was actually the director of homecoming uh, sometime in the 2000s and pleaded with the administration to bring a live mascot onto the quad or a live elephant onto the quad, uh, only to have her dreams dashed. There were, there were obviously a bunch of waiver issues and the price was just outrageous. I don't know if it's a thanks Obama type thing, if this happened lately, but right? the price to bring an elephant was was extraordinary. Here's what my issue is. 
Wait, I, I have a quick question. Yes. Have, has anybody, does anybody know who the homecoming queen in 47 was? And perhaps was she trampled to death? And this is why we don't have a oh, live elephant. Oh. Huh. Right. That's a, right? People want to know. Right. Anyway, go ahead. No, that's a great question. Uh, I, I would love a live mascot. I love zoos. I think it would be just a blast to be able to get around an elephant or a mini elephant in that way. But here's right. the issue. I need a I need a non-bird mascot. Mm -hmm. And if we have something like that, I can't handle its death. Okay, because well, really the LSU bros are traumatized. Right. I mean, I'm not emotionally stable to deal with a beloved animal dying. If it's a bird, don't care. Oh, yeah, who cares? Don't and, care. and in that aspect, I think like an owl would be cool. I actually got a message about an owl eating cats in my neighborhood lately. Oh, that's kind of hot. Yeah, right? I like yeah, that. very metal. Would be right, cool yeah. with a bird mascot because it would die and I, I would sort of shrug. But right, I yeah. can't deal with the loss of a non-bird mascot. Yeah, because elephant, I don't know how long they live. Is an elephant a it long like liver? a while. I think it's a while. Right. So then, you know, at some point, you're going to have like a 40-year-old elephant, and then it just drops dead. And then an elephant is not like a tiger. It's gigantic. Um, and then you're dealing with like, how do you get the elephant out of its area? Yeah, I mean, you have to on the quad. It's a whole Right. Thing. Well, that's the thing. You've got to like crane him out of there. And so like the whole <laughs> university sees like this dead elephant being lifted by a crane it's a out thing. of its enclosure. This, Yeah, that'll traumatize a lot of kids, I got to yeah. say. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, there, there's pros and cons is what we're saying. Yes, and I think we've beat that dead elephant <laughs> enough. Uh, All let right. me get to a much more uplifting topic. Obviously, would right. you tell me in one emoji how you felt about that game Saturday? I cannot tell you in one emoji. I can tell you in several emojis. Oh. It started as uh, shedding a ten horn. Because as as Nick going. Saban has said, you know, we ran through them. We were we, well, we got run through like shit through a tin horn. Right. Well, the 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 fortunes were reversed, and we were running through them quite like that. But as they kept completing pass after pass after pass, I became the guy burying his head in his hands, uh, which seemed um, a lot more appropriate. What about yourself, my friend? Yeah, that's a rough one. Me, personally, I spent a lot of time thinking about this one because, frankly, I had fun with the game, uh, even though it was sort of a disaster and should be a huge right. cause for concern. So what I'm doing is the monkey, <coughs> the see-no-evil monkey. Ah, gotcha, Mon gotcha, Yeah, gotcha. monkey with his eyes covered. And he, if you look closely, he's still smiling. Like, that monkey's having a big time. A little embarrassed, has probably seen better days. Yeah, uh, but that's, how, that's how I felt Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. The game was, you never felt like the game was in doubt. Never. But just things kept happening. You're like, dude, what's going on? Just stop. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Speak, well, moving on from Arkansas, let's go ahead and turn our attention to the hate at hand. Oh, yes, it's heroes. time. Uh-huh. Yes, heroes. It is the third Saturday in October. And if your hate-a-mometer is not at 14 already, I don't even want to talk to you. Turn off the podcast and turn it back on when you were hating right. Because your tide takes on the ball Saturday afternoon in Knox Vegas at 2.30 in the afternoon here in God's time. It will be 3.30 there because they don't understand time. But before we get to the details, even at full strength, your tide is better on paper than the volunteers. However... After last week, the Vols are pretty much a mass unit. Several starters are out. I don't know their names because they're Vols. I don't really care to speak about such filth. But suffice to say, their team is not at full strength. 
but we're always going to get their best game, so we better be prepared for it. That is 100% right, Gregory. Uh, this is a Vol team that, up until now, has shown uncanny luck, but absolutely zero discipline. Uh, again last week against Texas A&M, they found themselves down in the second half by 21 points, and there they were, storming back. The game okay. should have all been over with plenty of time left on the field. We should have seen victory formations. It should have been a whole great thing, like shoving your dog's face in poop. But there it was. <laughs> it's not it. I don't know if that came out right. How do you live your life up there, man? I'm what sorry, is going on? Cats <laughs> getting Willow. eaten, dogs faces. Willow. You know. Anyway. What do you do to Willow? Yeah, hey, anyway. hey. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen her poop. It's elephant size. So there yeah. we were, tie game at the end of regulation. Uh, the Vols managed to do that despite seven turnovers on the day. Uh, and then finally, the seventh came back to bite them in an interception in overtime. Uh, that was the nail in the coffin. Uh, they finished the game with 684 total yards of offense, leaving That's them no excuse for why they did not win at Kyle Field. But they did not, and that is to be celebrated. It indeed is. All right, let's take a look at the nuts and bolts. Uh, when Alabama has the ball, what should we look for there, Matt? Yeah, frankly, the Vol front four is anchored by pass rusher Derek Barnett, who would see the field at Alabama occasionally, which is more than I can say for most of their team. Uh, He was a double-digit sack man, if you will, as a freshman and a sophomore. Easily their best player on defense, so the Tide will be keeping an eye on number nine all day. Uh, For the second week in a row, maybe the second and a half week in a row, they will be missing their best linebacker, who is Jalen Reeves-Mabin. Uh, He is having shoulder surgery this week, uh, but actually another one who I will give them just a teeny amount of credit for, a decent little athlete there who they will be without. And then finally, cornerback Cam Sutton, who is a scrub and I hate. Uh, He also (laughs) was their kick returner for a while. Uh, He has occasionally been a shutdown guy, but he is also banged up and nobody knows but it doesn't look great that he will go on Saturday. So Wait, in short, this, uh, this, this is a hold team. Hold on, was, this, this Cam Sutton guy, why the hate? Did he go to Alcoa or something? And no, he's just such a scrub. I, I can't remember where he's from, but he's come since he's been on campus, which feels like it's been at least seven years. Uh, right. He has been building up a hashtag brand for himself <laughs> this whole time, trying to make a name for himself. The coaches love him. The coaches talk about him in the media all the time. The media love him even more than the coaches somehow. And he is just a complete idiot. Don't miss him at all. Uh, Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, Anyway, this is a Tennessee team that was already riddled with injuries. And then the great news came earlier this week that their starting defensive tackle, one Danny O'Brien, was dismissed. O'Brien. He's, he's not leprechaun size, but by the name you wouldn't know it. Uh, he was dismissed from the team a mere two days after he lay motionless on the field and was carted off. So you just have to wonder, how big a fool did he act in those two days between, again, totally motionless and, and being carted off until the news broke? Uh, rumor has it, and I think... A, a thinking person probably would leap to this conclusion uh, that the hospital treatment 
turned up something, uh, something of note in his system, if you will. I don't know if that was an illicit drug or something uh, more performance-based that would be illicit to the God-fearing good people at the NCAA. Uh, Nobody knows. Rumors are what they are. But here's, at the end of the day, what it comes down to, one less vol that I have to hate. Right. I mean, that makes sense because, you know, when you lay motionless on the field, it's hard to, you know, the the reasons reasons you get kicked off a team are a few and far between. You know, he was in the hospital. He ain't got time to go out and commit crimes. So, you know, he probably didn't, he didn't, you know, feel anybody up randomly that he shouldn't have. Uh, So I'm guessing that has to be the reason. I mean, I... There's no way you go from the hospital to your dorm room and suddenly find yourself off the field unless the hospital has found something. Yeah, agreed. Very uh, un-Tennessee-like of him not to feel somebody up and get kicked off the team, but exactly here we are. Because as <laughs> we know, they they currently feel someone who raped someone oh, with a plunger and he's on the field. So what do you yeah, do? He raped his cousin with a plunger. If we're being yeah, specific, that's just so fall. Yes. Just so anywho, fall. anywho, would you talk to us about the other side? of the ball, and what we should look for when Tennessee has it. I would love to, and I can't think of anything I'd rather do. Uh, As we mentioned, Tennessee had 684 yards of total offense against Texas A&M with about a 2-to-1 ratio of pass to run. They were Mm. clearly the better team in College Station, but as you mentioned, went off the rails with seven seven turnovers, and it's kind of hard to win when you do all that. And look, this is not the A&M defense that came out of the Big 12. Uh, they got John Chavis in and has turned Texas A&M into a legit SEC caliber defense. So when you ring up that many yards, you've got something going for you. But then you look at the Georgia game where they only had 350 yards of offense, again, at a 2-1 to pass-to-run ratio, and they averaged only three yards per rush. So it's not as though they're an unstoppable train on offense. And so that does leave the defense with a little bit of hope. Um, as most of you know, the Vols have been rolling with Alvin Kamara, formerly of the Crimson Tide, mm. as their feature back since the injury of Jalen Hurt in the Georgia game. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Jalen Hurts, but he's not. It's Jalen Hurt. It's hard. I know, right? Things are difficult. Uh, what's missing with Hurt, though, is his size. Uh, Alvin Kamara is 5'10", 194. Hurd, meanwhile, checks in at 6'4", and 240. Wow. Uh, so it's a different type of back, uh, and we're going to have to be prepared for it. Because Butch Jones has indicated that he will return this week. And finally, there is Josh Dobbs, your quarterback without eyebrows. Hey, did you he know that he's a uh, aerospace engineer major? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> he can run well, and he can throw the ball, and he's got some, but he's got some pretty significant accuracy issues when it comes to the deep ball, yep. uh, which should bode well for the Alabama defense that has been feasting on turnovers lately. Uh so anyway, uh, we, I, I, I don't really know what the problem is, but with you know, with with regard to his deep ball situation, but the crack crack research team here at Houston's U.S. Global headquarters will get on it between now and Saturday, and you can find out the answers at H Two Heroes on the Twitter machine. That's true, and as you pointed out, many are saying his lack of eyebrows has something to do with that. Uh, exactly. Next up. Hell's Tooth, oh, I always mess this up, Heroes History. <laughs> we love our segments here, we so are we are going to hit you with some quick numbers. Your Tide, of course, leads the series against a Vol uh, by a 58-37 to 37 clip, and as you know, importantly, this is the cigar game. Woo! Uh, 
The tradition dates back to 1954 when one Alabama athletic trainer, Jim Goosetree, uh, passed out cigars to the team after the game. He had apparently stuck through the uh, 50s when General Nealon was still at Tennessee and they were somewhat having their way with our down but not out tied. Uh, and when Coach Bryant returned later on, uh, he was there to pass out stogies at every victory. And frankly, at that 1954 game, uh, they sure deserved them because the Tide won 27 to nothing in Knoxville, uh, and it was improbable at the time, to say the least. Exactly. And a real quick question: This is not uh, this just hitting you with something out of the blue, though. Uh, you're from that area, you know. As we know, all the Tide fans are going to be making a run to uh, grab their cigars. Any 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 recommendations on in the Knoxville area where? A man might grab him a cigar if he was heading to the, to the ball game. That is a hot lead. There is a place on uh, Alcoa Highway that if you're not coming that way, you probably don't want to get out toward called Smokin' Joe's, who will be happy to help you with your stogie needs. Can I tell you uh, about my little stogie plan this week? Rock and roll, gone. You know, it, it has become a very fun memory for myself and I suspect many Tide fans uh, on maybe the Thursday or Friday before this game to hit up your local cigar shop and, and browse around and pretend like you know what you're looking for. Exactly. Your boy mm-hmm. is getting a business trip to the small island country of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico! Right. Yeah, yeah, no, you said it right. Uh, known for their cigars, they've been doing it as long as the Cubans, and frankly, since it's more legal than it is in Cuba, uh, just as well. So I'm going to come back with a box full for anyone who has the right colors on in front of me. You're a good man, my I'm friend. Excited. You're, very, you're a very good man. Uh, real quickly, continuing with Heroes History, as you know, this game produced one of my all-time favorite radio moments. Uh, as longtime radio announcer Jerry Duncan proclaimed, Smokey! Just came out of the tunnel, and if I had my deer rifle, I believe I could drop him. Back to you, Eli. It's really my favorite thing. Roll Tide, Jerry. Roll Tide. Ah, Jerry is a true legend and is, is dearly missed. I wanted to tell one sort of hero's history slash stogie-related story that was relayed to me by a source uh, recently that I thought was worth sharing with listener Fred anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good tale, so... If you are in the know, the story with the Stogies nowadays uh, is that the backup quarterback is put in charge of acquiring and then delivering the Stogies when they are needed. Um, so if you go back to, I think, 2009? Does that yeah. sound right? Well, 2009 would be a national championship year, so I'm guessing what you're about to tell is 2008. Okay. Is that right? Yes, you're exactly right. Thank you. That's exactly right. 2008. Well put. Uh, Your maths and smarts always exceed mine. So anyway, uh, the Tide played, and it was an even year. I should have been better at this. 2008, the Tide plays in Knoxville. It is Saban's second year, his first trip to Knoxville. And uh, so Greg McElroy is the backup quarterback to John Parker Wilson at that time. And I think our... Our many listeners know my feelings on Greg McElroy, but he is not my most hated ball of orange this week. So, to the matter at hand, he went to the cigar shop on 15th Street, 
there by the by the bakery and and not far from our good friends at Druid City Brewing and purchase something like 300 cigars. I mean, just an absurd amount. So the guy's loading them up in this bag and he and he finally just sends Greg on his way and Greg's I guess a freshman or a sophomore and hasn't put too much thought into this, but so they make it to Knoxville with their bag of cigars and uh, get out into the game and everything's going just as planned uh, really, really well. And as the fourth quarter starts to count down and Greg's standing there on the sideline, he realizes, well, I never brought anything else with these cigars. I didn't bring a cutter. I didn't bring a lighter. I didn't bring matches. What do I do? So he's totally baffled there on the sideline. Uh, he happens to turn around and there's just nothing but crimson in the stands for him. All the Tennessee fans have left as they are want to do and will soon again do. And so he starts uh, sort of walking over toward the fans and soliciting any lighters or cutters that they can pass his way. And so, you know, again, this is just our backup quarterback and he's trying to not embarrass himself for the team. So he's taking whatever anybody will hand him and he's shoving it into his little hand warmer there uh, at, at the front of his of his waist, I guess. So it, it's chocked full and, and looking frumpy. And about that time, Alabama intercepts Tennessee and good old Coach Saban decides that John Parker has had enough for the day and calls for Greg to run in on the sideline. So there Greg is, just trotting back onto the field, holding on to his hand warmer, which is full of flammables and sharp objects. Outstanding, outstanding. Which, which brings me to the question: When you brought up the backup quarterback, do we, who do we trust more, Cooper Bateman or David Cornwell, to make the cigar run? I was thinking about that earlier today myself, and I gotta say, Bateman has shown himself to be the guy. I think he is 100%. He'll probably buy, like, like up a price point, you know? Right, he's yeah. He's going to get us yeah, the yeah. good stuff. He'll have right. all the lighters you need. I think he's going to be set today. Or this I think week. you're right, because I think Cornwell ultimately would find himself in, in the liquor portion of the cigar shop and would have his pants down at that point. I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you did. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, in Heroes History... There's the picture making its yearly appearance on the pod. <sighs> Check it out on the Twitter at H. I know. Check it out on the Twitter at H. Two Theories or on Facebook. It's Ellis Metz's finest moment of shame. The floor is yours, my friend. Tell us the story. Tell us the story again. I didn't think you were going to do it to me this year. I got to say, uh, you, you caught me this, off guard. And for uh, you know, uh, I, I just, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if. And once you've been abducted by Vols, you got to tell the story. I actually called listener Fred and wondered, questioned him as to whether he had sent you that picture. Uh, but anywho, so there's a picture on our Twitter account where a young and impressionable but very good-looking <laughs> me uh, is standing in a front yard decked out in Tennessee gear and holding an orange lunchbox, mm -hmm. uh, which, if you know me, raises questions immediately. And here's right. what I've realized this year is I have done my sleuth work and and clicked and enhanced and zoomed and enhanced just like CSI taught me. And if you will look closely, the shirt that I was actually wearing to school that day is a true vintage piece of Tide history that is still somewhere in my family 
Uh, it's a white shirt with a huge crimson six on the front. You, nobody would ever wear a shirt that looked like this today, but uh, it was it was the early 90s, and what are you going to do? So it was right. a huge crimson six, which research shows me, and I knew what it was for, uh, was to celebrate the six-year win streak that the Tide was on at that time from 1986 until, I'm sorry, yeah, 1986 to 1992, also, as you know, a national championship year. Right. So the tide was high, and uh, frankly, my preschool teachers at First Baptist just weren't having it anymore. And and this was a yearly thing that they had done where they would bring in all kinds of extra gear the Friday before the third Saturday in October. So some would call that the third Friday in October. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just sort of kidnapped me, as you said, uh, I don't know if there were hog ties involved or what, but throw orange over my my clothes. Give me an orange lunchbox. Fill it with glitter and and spring loaded stuff to surprise my parents later on. And really, just all forms of child abuse that, right. uh, frankly, I'm glad my mind is repressed. Right. Well, I, I, you know, as I'm, as you know, the Baptists are known for ter- acts of terror. That's true. So here, here we are, just victim of terror. I'm sorry to hear all about that. Yeah, but I, I want to defend my good name because my parents were doing their best. I was a good child, raised right, and here these awful people were trying to do the devil's work. And they did. They did. All right. Speaking of the devil's work, because we are nothing if not hellacious gamblers. You like that? You like <laughs> Wait, that? who? You like that, don't you? All right, for the weekend at hand, we're going to take a look at some picks, including the Houndstooth Heroes' hate of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the week. We are going to start out with Moo Yu. Moo Yu is traveling to Provo, where they will take on some Mormons at the Brigham Young University, and Moo is getting seven points. Tell me what you think about that. Who do you hate? What a bizarre matchup uh, for noted Scientologist Dan Mullen. Exactly. Yeah. Right? There, there may be some weird extraterrestrial uh, sort of super right? science happenings there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, I just think this is one that the SEC pulls out. I think BYU has plenty of talent, but it's sort of talent that is used to a separate level of playing. I mean, that guy... And uh, I, I think Moo is a bad team who is hopefully really, really embarrassed by what happened to them. And so for no real other reason than S-E-C, I'm hating the Mormons here. All right. Well, that's a stupid thing to do because I am making this my hate of the week. I am hating on Moo hard. I'm, I'm actually coming here with information, not just random stuff like Big. you're talking about. Uh-huh. BYU went to Sparty. They won. Now, Sparty is not all that great this year, but nevertheless, Sparty is a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. Uh, they did lose to West Virginia. They lost to UCLA. They lost to Utah. But every one of those games were within three points. And you cannot tell me that Moo U is better than UCLA and Utah, especially considering the disaster that unfolded against the barn next week. So for me, it's a, mor- it's a mortgage bet on the Mormons. Wow. You love yeah. Mormon. Do. Good looking people, the Mormons. Yeah, a lot of blondes. You know. Very wholesome. They are, yeah. All right, next up. One of the, next up. I'll do it. Uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores, your Vanderbilt Commodores, are getting 14 points as they travel to Athens, where they take on the Georgia Bulldogs. 
Who you hating, pal? Bruh, it is a garbage fire up here. There have been all sorts of rumblings in the media about a player or a coach or somebody who complained about how bad the doors are. Derek Mason got very angry at said player or coach. Uh, I think I think any bit of momentum they had established at any point in their entire existence as a football program is moot at this point. And I am hating the doors, not because I think Georgia's very good, but I think they have a field day against Vandy. I agree. I'm, I'm hating the doors because they're, they're the doors. But tell me more about that. Is Derek Mason on his way out? Oh, yeah, he's done. I will be I, – I, it's hard to gauge just how much Vandy folks care about athletics in general, but especially football. Uh, but I've said – since early on this year that I'll be surprised if he sees Thanksgiving, and I still still feel like that holds true. Wow. All right. Take us to the next one. Next up, uh, down in the swamp, which I guess is hurricane-less now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that it ever wasn't. Right. Yeah. Were they? <laughs> I don't think they were. Uh, anyway, the Missouri Tigers, coached by that guy who neither of us can remember, are no heading idea. down there, and they are 14-point dogs against Coach Max Gata. Who you hate? I'm going to hate Mizzou. I think Florida at home, and really, they manufactured a week off, so you got to like that. you gotta, you got to love the hustle, man. Um, so, with the week off uh, and nothing else to do to get ready for Missouri, I think they handle Mizzou by the 14 easily. Yourself? Yeah, same. And and I don't know that it even has to do with the extra time off or anything else. But uh, I, for some reason, I keep showing faith in this Florida team. I think it's probably unwarranted. But I have even less faith in Mizzou hating the Gold Tigers. Mm-hmm. Next up, back in Fayette Trill. Uh, Arkansas coming off that whipping that Jalen Hurts and the boys administered. Uh, Arkansas is seven and a half point dogs to Ole Miss. Who you hate? Dude, I could not hate the hog anymore right now. I almost made this my hate of the week. Uh, teams coming off the Alabama game typically do not fare well uh, in, in the actual game or against the spread. And judging from what we saw in Fayetteville, Chad Kelly should be able to shred the Arkansas pass defense. What about yourself? I think that's absolutely right. And let's talk for a minute about these teams because I think it's very hard to gauge who either of them are. But particularly Ole Miss, who it's been pointed out this week, uh, haven't haven't beaten a ranked team, haven't really beaten a good team, and are frankly just ranked as they are. Uh, which was, what, maybe around 20? Yeah. Something around there. Uh, because of semi-close losses to FSU and Alabama. And Florida State has turned out to be just nothing but a garbage fire. Right, yeah, total trash. I mean, if he did not light up that defense, well, I mean, he did light up that defense, but they should have they should have put 56 points on them. Everybody else is. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what happened in Tallahassee uh, or wherever it was they played. It was in Orlando or something. But nevertheless... They should have done more against Florida State, as it turns out. That Florida State defense is trash. Uh, but I still I still think Ole Miss is one of the two or three better teams in the league. Um, just quarterback experience alone. Having said that, they're going to go to Arkansas. It's going to be the Joe Testator game. 
and there's going to be 19 oh, overtimes, and something weird's going to happen. I'm yeah. glad you told me it was the Tessator game. Uh-huh. That, that confirms my pick. I'm actually going to hate the Rebs here. I think okay. Arkansas, just the brand of football they play, uh, it's not what we're used to seeing totally from them, but they're still okay to get down and dirty, as we saw from that jerk who held Jalen Hurts' neck down. Right. Uh, I think they will smash Ole Miss in the mouth, and I think Ole Miss's lack of a running game will be a huge issue here. I think Rebels probably win the game, but I like Arkansas to keep it closer than the experts think. I hear you. All right, final game before we look at the Tide. University of Southern Mississippi, shout out to Landon Howell, uh, is traveling to Baton Rouge where they are getting 25 and one-half football points. Who do you hate? Man, I I just feel bad for Southern Mississippi, uh, hating them big. And as we've discussed here, this is really a scary LSU team at this point, uh, which has absolutely nothing to lose, a just whole roster of freakish athletes and a coach who is totally okay with letting them out there, unchaining the leash and seeing what happens. Uh, I think this ends very poorly, although I like Southern Mrs. quarterback Frank Mullins, a Beham native. Uh, I think LSU wins by at least 30. I tend to agree. Uh, I, I was a Southern Miss believer there for a few yeah, weeks. Yeah. They were beating they were beating people uh, last week. They traveled out to San Antonio to play the University of Texas at San Antonio. The Roadrunners. Meet, meet. And they got the ass beat. Uh, <laughs> University of Tennessee, I mean, University of Texas, San Antonio is really, really a bad football team. They've had football for like six years. Uh, I don't know if they're looking forward to LSU or what, but if you're going to lose San Antonio – you had the capability of being manhandled by LSU, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen this week. Totally agreed. Which leaves us with one last game. Woo! Hey, it is the third Saturday in October. The leaves are changing, and your tide is traveling north, up 65 to Knoxville, Tennessee, where... They will play at Neyland Stadium as 13-point favorites against the hated Butch Jones Vol. Gregory, tell me who you hate. I do hate them. Uh, And not only do I hate them, I'm actually hating them against the line. Nice. Uh, I think, you know, as I said earlier, we get their best game. But the reality is they have too many injuries. If, If both teams were at full strength, I would definitely go the other way on the line. I might even call the upset. But this one just comes down to bodies. Um, I suspect the Vols probably play off their crowd for a good bit, but I'd look for our offense to ultimately have a pretty big day in this game, and I'm calling the score at 40 for your University of Alabama Crimson Tide to 24 for the hated ball. What about yourself? That's a hot take myself, yourself. Uh, I myself am excited to get there. I'm going to head up to Knoxville. Tickets are still up in the air, but we'll see what happens. Definitely going to swing by a friend of the program, Butch Worley's uh, boat tailgate. Right. If so you that'll have, be a good hey, time. If you're up there and you know Butch, he's got a 100-foot houseboat on the river. Get up on it. Holla at your boys. We know people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that said, <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's once been said that Neyland Stadium looks like a garbage truck driver's convention and i gotta say that's so fitting because butch jones trash general Nealon, trash Derek dooley trash vol navy trash jonathan freaking 
Space Engineer, Dobbs, Total Trash, Jalen Hurds, Alan Kamara, the whole crew, complete and 100% trash. I see nothing against about this ball team that scares me other than the undisciplined play and complete uh, uh, terroristic, I'm going to use, commitment of penalties. I think they are totally overwhelmed. I love what our defense is going to do. I mean, they're going to hit Dobbs, and when they don't hit him, they're going to touch his balls. (laughs) (laughs) Not playing that, but here we are. They're going to get to the passes that Josh Dobbs throws. Uh, I think think defense is total shutdown. Uh, I I think it's a completely different backfield, not necessarily personnel-wise, although I wouldn't be surprised if we see a change or two. But I think these guys will have their heads on straight, and by that I mean turning their necks around. Uh, I think the offense is going to be able to run at will, which, as you know and I know, makes all the difference in the world and is what, in the end, wins football games. Uh, I am going to call it, and I don't think I've ever done this, so this is one for the record books, listener Fred, my Alabama hate of the week. Hey, all right, I'll take it. Uh, I think the tide rolls in Knoxville. Lane Kiffin is going to come out guns blazing, if not just finger guns at the crowd. Uh, Also, from the playbook, as we've seen him do a couple times, we've seen a really scaled-back offensive plan from uh, from this guy all season long. So I think we'll see some creative stuff. Unlike the Vols, we won't just pull out trick plays to do trick plays. We'll do it because it's awesome and we're awesome and we can do stuff like that. And Vols are trash. I like the Tide final 31-10. All right, fair enough. Now, once you've talked about Josh Dobbs' balls, I guess it's time to call it a quit. So that will do it for another edition of Houndstooth Heroes. As always, brought to you by Wild Bill's, Wild Bill's Wing Sauce and Druid City Brewing. Remember, you can check us out on the website, houndstoothheroes.com, or find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Heroes. The Cubs are on, so we got to go. Take us home, brother. I hope y'all are as full with hate as we are, and uh, just we'll try to do better next time. Everybody be good. Roll Tide. <laughs>